Since the quest for happiness is so intrinsic to our human experience, it is only natural that the biggest philosophers, sages and writers in history had much to say on this topic regarding where to find happiness and where not to seek it. It is worthwhile studying their thoughts and imbibing valuable lessons on the art and science of happiness. That is why today we shall take a journey down history lane, traveling through the five continents and meeting the great thinkers there to learn and grow wiser from their thoughts. We will start the journey 450 years BC in Athens, Greece, where there was a philosopher called Socrates. He was of the viewpoint that happiness doesn't come from our possessions, but the way we use them. He was born in a time when Greece was involved in a hundred-year war with Sparta called the Peloponnesian War. And those were dismal times for the Greece where most people felt that happiness was impossible except for the blessed few who were chosen by the gods. Socrates was possibly the first notable Western thinker to say that happiness is achievable by all. So he said, there is a conditional good and an unconditional good. Like for example, some people will use money wisely to enhance their joy, while others will squander it away to increase their misery. So money is a conditional good. But happiness is an unconditional good because everybody benefits from it. And Socrates felt that the primary ingredient for happiness is virtue and a moral life. His disciple was Plato, whose disciple was the great Aristotle. Aristotle's thoughts had such a tremendous impact on Europe that the next 1000 years in Europe were called the Aristotelian years. Imagine, he wrote that men have more teeth than women. And for the next 1000 years, nobody in Europe cared to open his wife's mouth to count her teeth and compare them with his own. They said Aristotle has said it, it must be right. But when it came to the topic of happiness, Aristotle had pondered over it deeply. 
in his book Nicomachean Ethics. He said, we choose luxury, wealth and fame with the idea that they will bring us happiness. But happiness is an ultimate good and we never choose it with a view for anything further. That is why he said that happiness is the aim and end of human existence. He opined that to achieve it, we need many things like money, like health and other things. Like the Buddha, Aristotle recommended the median path, not one of extreme indulgence, nor the other of harsh austerity. But, said Aristotle, the most important ingredient for a happy life is virtue and morality. From Aristotle, let us now move to Asia, in particular China, where there was a philosopher called Mencius, also known as the second Confucius. Mencius was of the view that all of us have intrinsic goodness because we are little fragments of the supreme power whom he called Tian. And he said Tian is all good. That is why we have natural sprouts of virtue within ourselves. When we engage in immoral behavior, abject thought and unethical deeds, those sprouts die out, making us unhappy. When we purify our thoughts, words and deeds, these sprouts start fructifying. They fill our being with an energy called Qi that lends to well-being and joy. After Mencius, let's go back to Greece. A philosopher called Epicurus in the 3rd century BC. He is known as the father of empiricism and his philosophy is famous today as hedonism and also epicureanism. The phrase eat, drink and be merry is often attributed to him, although wrongly so. Epicurus said, I don't know about God and intangible things. I believe in what I can perceive and happiness is the primary amongst them. So he said, make your goal pleasure. However, his idea of pleasure was much different from the way hedonism is interpreted today as wanton sensual indulgence. Epicurus, on the other hand, said, do not engage in unnecessary sensual desires. Rather, learn to be contented and relish the higher pleasures of life. So his idea of a pleasure garden was sitting in a lawn with the Mediterranean breeze blowing 
in the late evening music playing in the background while you relish the intimate company of friends and talk about subtle subjects of philosophy a little after him but his contemporary was another famous philosopher called Zeno of Citium whose thoughts were in stark contrast Zeno's philosophy is known today as stoicism it was made popular by the roman emperor marcus aurelius and the stoics are popular even today Zeno said there is no point creating desires because you fulfill one and it leads to the second and you fulfill that it leads to the third and it pulls down your mind in lower thoughts instead of that try to cultivate virtue how will you do it his stoic perspective was learn to make peace with circumstances it is when we resist situations that are beyond our control that our mind is plunged into turmoil instead said zeno a sage of the stoic school would be one who is sick and still happy who is subject to infamy and still happy who may be poor and is still tolerating so he elevated tolerance of negative circumstances as the pathway to virtue we shall now move on to the 4th century ad to saint augustine of hippo who is considered as one of the founding fathers of christian theology his take on happiness was the reason for our unhappiness said saint augustine is that we love wrongly we are loving the wrong things to the wrong extent for example we are investing the love of our heart in fame in wealth in luxuries which is improper likewise we are loving people to the wrong extent our heart should be reserved for our supreme father so said saint augustine love him first put him in the throne of your heart and then your love will be properly ordered you will love people and things in the proper perspective and find some happiness but he said real happiness is not available in this mortal world it is reserved for the after life when you are with god for now you can just desire and seek it and find satisfaction in the waiting from saint augustine who lived in hippo north africa we will now move to the middle east in asia an islamic sunni theologist called abu hamid al ghazali of the 10th century he wrote a book called the alchemy 
of happiness and he was of the firm opinion that happiness does not come from material goods it requires the transformation of our self he said we are miserable because our hearts are impure just as if a mirror has dust on it you cannot see your image you need to cleanse it likewise we will need to clean our heart of material desires that cleansing will require leading a life of virtue and finally when our heart is truly clean we will see our creator the supreme and experience unbounded joy but abu hamid al ghazali added a corollary out here he said that kind of union with our creator only happens to the rarest of rare human beings and these are the prophets who come into this world as messengers we then move on to the 13th century ad this is thomas aquinas who had a tremendous impact upon christian thought he was called by the vatican church as the angelic doctor his goal was to unite all the knowledge of the world with christian theology particularly greek thought and with that end in mind he wrote about 40 books so his viewpoint was about halfway between aristotle and saint augustine while aristotle had said we can find happiness in this world saint augustine had said it is impossible we will only get it in the afterworld thomas aquinas said happiness can be achieved in this world through virtue good thought and good conduct but he said the joy you will relish here ultimately will be called felicitas and the bigger joy you will get in the afterlife when you meet your creator and that is beatitude so in this episode we have learned and enriched ourselves from the viewpoints of philosophers and their deep musings on how to achieve joy and bliss in this life or the next we will continue this journey through medieval and modern times until we reach positive psychology and then we will make the jump to the deepest of deep thoughts that were presented by vedic sages and the sacred vedic texts
presenting the biggest Diwali Mela ever. DFW Diwali Mela 2023. Fireworks, Ram Leela, Sita Ram procession, laser show, Rangoli exhibits, kids' rides, yummy food pool, eye popping Desi Bazaar, and the hottest concert of the year. The Markedar DFW Diwali Mela, 4th November at Cotton Bowl Stadium. Grab your tickets today. Email rktdfwdiwali mela at gmail.com.